0: Hey Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Tuesday, Carlos Correa on the move again. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, Ryan Herrera, as we work our way up to Cubs convention coming up this weekend, in downtown Chicago. And yes, Carlos Correa. I mean, First, there's a lot you can say about this. We haven't first, talked about him in a while. No, we haven't. So, But we've been wondering, <laughs> when would the Mets thing start to really fizzle out? So, Jeff Passan was the first one saying six years, $200 million, Now to go back to the Twins. Vesting option for another $70 million for four more years. And it's still pending a physical, but John Heyman had reported that the – Part of the problem with the Mets, the part that was the problem, the, the ankle with the plate, uh, has already been done. So the report is that that portion of it has already been done. Yeah. Sounds like this is finally where he's going to end up, going back to the Twins for $200 million. The first thing that's obvious is at $200 million for six years, why wouldn't the Cubs want him at third base for that? <laughs>
1: Oh, my thing, my thing is, it feels like that's, that's like a, a a pretty big discount that he took to go back to Minnesota and at a fact where he's just like, I'm trying to get a deal done. Um, And I think the fact that he played in Minnesota, not saying that Minnesota is this huge, is this big time organization that's always competing or stuff. But like he, he was outwardly, you know, he, he, he talked about how much he liked being in Minnesota throughout the year. Um, he enjoyed being there, got to know the, the team, got to know the coaching staff, all that stuff. So, I don't know, maybe part of it is just the fact that he's familiar with Minnesota. And you know, I I can't say that any other team, say every team met six years, $200 million. There's probably a better chance that he goes back to Minnesota just having been familiar with, if, if it's all about the money, oh, but he's also familiar with his organization. Then I can see why he'd pick Minnesota. It's
0: weird. Um I don't know. I just would assume the Cubs never got in the conversation That's, after they after they decided not to make an official offer to him because it was getting too rich, then they shifted, as Gordon was telling us, then they shifted right to Dansby Swanson. Yeah. Dansby Swanson, seven for one seventy seven. I we can discuss that in a second, whether which deal is is a better deal. I still like that they have Swanson at shortstop the Cubs. I think it's great. But when I look at that deal and I say third base, the Cubs are a franchise that could have easily gone slightly over that and still been like, you know what? If the plate moves and it all breaks up and we get six years and we end up eating 250, we end up eating 200, I got to tell you, that's a gamble I think is worth it. Now, the only side piece to that is to say, there's certainly something there that the Mets and Giants who desperately wanted him walked away after seeing though, like, they didn't want that price tag anymore. But you know what? The Twins didn't pay that price tag. And so the, the Twins have to be looking at this saying, well, even if our doctors say it's not a problem, worst case scenario, we're eating $200 million. Guys, if the Twins can afford to eat $200 million, what player are you going to get in the near future to play third base for the next six years for $200 million that could be possibly even in the same ballpark as Carlos Correa? I don't think it, I just, I, it's not my money. I just can't believe that they wouldn't have gone back and been like, wait a minute, the Twins are offering you what? Make it 250 done deal. Well, the way it
1: looks to me also is that Two other big time, like very interested, trying to compete teams. Yeah, were incredibly,
0: you know, fearful of what the physical showed. Don't you think they would have taken? Like, let's just suggest the Mets and Giants. If they would have offered the same thing the Twins just did right now, six for two hundred. Don't you think those teams would have been willing to do that? but well, I, I just, think I, he, I I just think I wonder he was, if was like. You spurned me. Let's let's play devil's advocate. Let's say the the Mets say, All right, we'll give you six for two hundred if that's what the twins are gonna give you. And he was like, No. You told me you were gonna give me this. He'd rather take his pride, go back to Minnesota. That, that's yeah.
1: that's where I'm at. Like, and like, the lower money. At that point, it was he liked being in Minnesota. Minnesota's been in it. We know they had offered a lesser deal than what the Giants originally offered, and even what the Mets originally offered, but it's an organization that Apparently treated him right that he would like to be at, and as soon as these other orgs just were just again fearful of what they saw in the physical, he went back. They they reached back out to the twins, and the twins obviously didn't have a problem with the physical the last time, you know, last year when they right. signed him, and so they're like, let's get a deal done now. That's what it's it, yeah. what it seems like to me. I don't know, Cody. What do you think? I'm just frustrated, man. Like, I'm, I'm,
2: like, and this isn't against like Swanson or Bellinger or Tyon, like. I am, I'm, we're going to go to spring training and we're, we're going to do pre and post first opening day in April. And you know what I'm going to sit here and say, I'm going to sit here. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk myself into 85 wins again, like I did last year. And, and if I'm sitting here in like June, hell, maybe even may if everything just goes to shit, I don't think that will, but I'm just saying, like, that's the worst possibility, probably. If I'm sitting here in June and the Cubs lose, like, 16-7 to 7 to whoever again, I'm going to look back at this. Like, that's just the fact of the matter. Like, you're right, Luke. Like, the Cubs absolutely should have been in this situation. Like, like, sure, perhaps, perhaps. Correa just wanted to go back to where, like, somewhere he's familiar with and this and that and, like, all that. Like, perhaps, that's true. But, like. Why 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 didn't the Cubs at least call? Like that's I, well, significantly end, we less. I don't know. Uh, and we it's don't the know. type of contract that we sat here all year yes. and talked about. How that's what the kind of contract that Jed wants to do. Yeah, the four-year vesting option, sure, could turn into what ten years or whatever. Right? If,
1: is it eight or nine? Is whatever. whatever was. You, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Either
0: way, like the contract he, he got was right up the the Cubs alley. It, it was that it was a contract that you would say the Cubs drew up.
1: Yeah. yeah I, but something someone said in the chat, but I'm, when, I, when I look at it, I'm like, I don't think he would have taken that deal from the Cubs. Like, if it was yeah. the Cubs giving him six years, $200 million, the same deal that the, the Twins were giving him, I think he goes back to Minnesota. Perhaps. I, I, I think he, he's comfortable. Minnesota, Minnesota, you know, they underwhelmed this last year as far as, like, competing now. They were underwhelmed last year, but they had they had some pieces to at least be more competitive. They should have been more competitive last year. Um, they were in, like, the first half of the year. Yeah, right? Um, I mean, Byron Buxton, if, if he can stay healthy, he's a superstar, right? right. Um, yeah, they I, could be really good. What's what I'm saying? I think they he, he sees that. Especially in that division. Provided they can be healthy, that, that's a potential playoff team in a bad division mm-hmm. overall. Um, he got comfortable with the lineup and the players and the coaches, whatever, and and it was just – if I think if you stacked it up, Six years, two hundred million, and whatever other incentives they had to him. Twins versus Cubs. Twins are, uh, are a team that treated him right. The Cubs, he never really had any intera- interaction with since you know that pre-draft thing. It, it feels to me like this is a place where he's like, all right, these other teams are are, are afraid of my angle or whatever it was. Well, I'll go back to Minnesota. Yeah, I, right. I think I think that's it. I think that's just it to me. I don't think he would have taken six years, two hundred million dollars from the Cubs. But, I just, I, mean, I don't but know. Mike,
0: Mike Ross in the chat is saying. Maybe the Cubs know something we don't. What could they possibly know? Like the doctors have told us, this guy's yeah. plate is not going to age well. Something's wrong. Yeah. You could end up having ankle surgery. That's why the price tag has come down from three fifty. When the Giants signed him, then you go a little bit further down, and the Mets go to three fifteen. Mm-hmm. Now he's down to two hundred million. I mean, here's the timeline: March nineteenth. <laughs> He gets that short deal with the Twins last year. We don't know, hear anything about the plate, which is already in his ankle. We hear nothing about it. Then he opts out of the deal in November. December 13th, he agrees to the huge 13-350. I am totally okay with any team saying too much money, can't do it. The Giants were willing to do it. Then they took the physical and were like, okay, well, for 350, now that we've seen this plate and what it looks like in the ankle, now we have concerns. I'm okay with that too. Then the Mets jump in there like, we don't care about that. We'll give you 315. They start to balk at the physical going, "Uh, well, wait a second. 315 is a lot of money When we, now that we've seen the physical and what those MRIs look like. Again, the $300 million thing is a deal. But now when he agrees to a six-year $200 million deal, the worst-case scenario is that the doctors from the Mets and Giants are right and this will never play out. But the deal, guys, is only six years and two hundred million dollars. I know to you and me that sounds like a crazy amount of money, but baseball players make two hundred you just gave Dansby, who was rated fourth. And again, I love that Dansby's the shortstop, but you could have had the dream scenario that we originally talked about Mm -hmm. of having both of them. Now I would guess that the Cubs didn't get back involved in it. And again, we may find out in Cubs convention they did try to get back in on it. Yeah, and then it becomes the scenario Ryan's talking about. Did he? Did he say well, I just go back where I'm familiar? I find that hard to believe. Based on this guy was out there last season telling us about how he was a Dior guy and he likes the flash <laughs> and like. You, but, by but the uh, way, Minneapolis is not giving you the flash of Michigan Avenue.
1: No, but is but you uh, also have no idea what other was any other team actually offering no. him six years, two hundred million dollars? And with all, I just I think uh, John Hayman I just saw it. I say um, no. I say well, no. Here's, That's why he's back Here's there. exactly what the rest of it goes. He has the conditional years. You said seven. It goes to 10 years. Um, and it, it vests based on like plate appearances every year. Um, but he can make $25 million year seven, $20 million year eight, $15 year nine, 10 and year 10. So if everything vests, he ends up making 270 over 10 years. Which right is right around, I think, a little bit below what the Twins had originally offered him. Yeah. But he's got to get through yeah, those six years. years yeah.
0: He's got to show you that's healthy for six years, and then you're talking about really eating a $70 million yeah. deal but, if it goes bad in But But then, but then what seven. I'm trying
1: to say is that at that point, it's $270 million over 10 years if all that comes to pass. And, you know, knowing Correa, he believes he's going to be healthy and reach that 10-year sure. $270 million, which at that point, what other team was offering him 10, 10 years, $270 million? Was
0: there anyone? Well, the twins like, we think you know. originally were eight for two eighty something. It was ten for two eighty. Ten for two eighty. Uh, uh, yeah. So it's
1: right. It's right. Right yeah. there. What it yeah. Was. Like the he's getting.
0: Way. He's still getting the high average. So like his average money in this deal is second only to Judge in the off season. Still with the way it played out. Yeah. But he's the third highest paid overall cash wise. No, he's fourth. He's still fourth. No, he's not. Dansby's fourth. Dansby's fourth. He's he's still third. He's still behind Turner. And he's still behind Bogarts based on how it played out. Like, there's no question that he has lost money in this MRI and the whole situation with the plate. I just think – I think he's back at Minnesota because there was not another big player willing to offer the two for six. They weren't – nobody was willing to offer this deal because they were all like, oh, this is a headache the medicals, something's really wrong. Let's not even get involved in it. That's just how it appears. And so he went back to the place he was familiar with. He still could make two seventy. I'm just saying, if I were the Cubs, and maybe it's not Jed, maybe it's further up the top, I'd be willing to risk two hundred million dollars for the next six years to have Carlos Correa potentially at third base. Yeah, I mean, I
1: probably I would too. I just I, I guess we won't, we won't know exactly no? what. You know, I, I guess I'm interested to see what. Carlos Correa says at his introductory press conference, assuming this one actually happens. Yeah. Um, I know it's going to be a lot of fluff and saying he loved, he loved Minnesota. And you know what? I'm, I'm curious to see how he describes this whole giants to Mets back to Minnesota saga. I'm, yes. I really want to see, but um, you know, I'm curious to see when, you know, the sourced reporting comes out of what exactly happened and why exactly he ended up picking Minnesota because yeah, I mean, like I mean, I've been saying the familiarity probably plays a part in it, but at the same yeah. time, it's still Minnesota, right? Sure, it's, it's like who, like who, if the Cubs I,
0: offered twenty million more because the cost of living's way more here than it is story. in Minneapolis, and you're looking at the same deal, just because he knows Minnesota. I can't imagine he wouldn't like want to take the exposure of. Yeah what he could make being on being the star of the Chicago Cubs yeah. and playing third base. And then
1: like we just don't know what if if the Cubs reach back out what they may have offered him what any team may have offered him. I mean, for all we know this is the highest bid he yeah. got probably know this is the highest contract offer, he, or at least AAV, and plus the, what the vesting options can, can make it out to be. This is the best offer he got. This it, could be what we, well, as yeah. far as we know. It know. feels
0: like he was he was sitting there and the Mets were dragging their heels and they were trying to chop down the 315 to less years, less money, and he was like, you know what? Screw it. I am going to take the Twins offer. But you would assume that Scott Boris at least reached out to a few other teams that were interested off in the distance, somewhere, at some point, just like we know the Cubs at least sat down with them and had a conversation, but never made the official offer, you would assume an agent like Scott Boris at least dialed up those other numbers were like, "Do you want to get back in on this?" Yeah, obviously, it's not going to cost you three fifty yeah I'm, I think I'm more so just more
2: frustrated with the entire off season more <laughs> so than this than this storyline like it. It just looks like another guy that the Cubs, you know, sit, look like they're sitting on their hands. Like, and again, like if if we're if we're sitting in July and we're talking about stock up, stock down, like who we trading, then again, I'm I'll be sitting here thinking, what happened, Jed? Like, I don't know. I the only- and, I, and I and I want to think optimi- optimistically about the roster going into spring training. Like I've said that, and I and I like the signings that they've made, but it just it, it's just another feeling of not enough, not enough. And you rely and you're asking for a lot on a, a lot of unproven guys. And so when this type of scenario comes up, my brain just automatically goes to like, shoulda, coulda, woulda or whatever. And just leaves me in nothing but frustration along with our YouTube chat right now. So yeah, I mean, that's just basically where I'm at. But I, I, I hope that the Cubs tried, I guess, like I don't know if it's going to make me feel any better, but you know what I mean? Like But <laughs> right, if they
0: tried and failed. <laughs> yeah. Because he actually chose Minnesota over Chicago. Yeah. Well, that's a gut punch too. Yeah. That's a reality check but if that, somebody's choosing that, the Twins over the Cubs. That's what I
1: said like before he even had that agreement with the Giants like if he went back to Minnesota and it wasn't it was because he just liked Minnesota better than the right. Cubs. Yeah, that that's be... a, that's a different <laughs> indictment on the Cubs organization yes. than if they just got out, outbid for him. Like yeah. that that in my head might be worse and the Cubs just getting outbid for him
0: yeah Michael Collada has said uh, about 35 times so far in the chat that <laughs> Ricketts is cheap and I saw somebody was saying I think it was uh, Brandon him. was Which just team? saying I, I can't be mad at this or the offseason as a whole they've improved their team yeah. I, I do feel I, like there have been improvements yeah I'm just saying in this scenario it feels to me like there was an opportunity to take a 200 million dollar gamble on one of the 10 best players in baseball Mm -hmm. and the Cubs seem to be in a position where even if it didn't work out and the guy had ankle surgery and was never the same, Hayward shouldn't have been enough money to pull down the Chicago Cubs and make them be like, we can't do anymore because we have what's left on the Hayward deal. Look at the money the big market teams are spending. It shouldn't have been that. It shouldn't have been what it was in the first place. It shouldn't have been an albatross. Mm -hmm. So, to me, 200000000 million shouldn't be an albatross for the Chicago Cubs no. because if you put Correa at third and even if he only plays two seasons before, you know what, the plate's gone and he needs ankle surgery and he's not the same guy, the money you would increase pulling into Wrigley Field and the jersey sales that you would have around Wrigley Field would certainly eat in part of that $200 million. Absolutely. And so yeah. that's why I just – I sit here on the outside thinking – man, I, I feel like it would have been worth the gamble. Even if the plate's a disaster and the guy's career goes south in three years, they're they're in a position now where they don't have a lot of big money contracts yeah. to worry about. Mm. So to have that gamble now with the prospects coming up and have them next to Swanson and Nico and, and the signing of Bellinger, which might just be a one-year deal, likely is a one-year deal, you got Hap, Suzuki, If they take a $200 million risk, they make themselves at least a co favorite to win this division for the next two years. Minimum.
1: I I just, I I look at it and, and if, I mean, I I can't be frustrated. Like, I I don't, I don't, this, I don't see the frustration in this just because his whole free agency was just crazy. It was. And, and you know that they, you know, the Cubs originally checked in, uh, were in some discussions. I mean, the, the, Report was that they, he they never really made an offer. Um, we don't know exactly why that is. Uh, if that came from they just heard the number he was getting elsewhere and then didn't, didn't want to match it. And, and when I, when I look at it, it just again, it, it just I can't be frustrated by it just because his free agency has, has been unlike anything we've ever seen. But would you agree? That and, that... and and something tells me that the Cubs, like looking at it again, Carlos Correa and the Mets and the Giants. They did their due diligence, saw things in the physical they didn't like. Something Which I believe. Yeah, something in my gut tells me the Cubs and any other team that may have checked in on him wanted to do the same due diligence, wanted to do the same physicals, go through all that stuff, have these contingency plans to get out of of the agreement, whereas the Twins may have just been a team that said, hey, we know you from last year. We're fine with what you got. Come here. We'll pay you this money.
0: I just can't believe that a small market team like the Twins ends up being the – ends up being the team that's willing to take the $200 million gamble on the guy. Yeah. You you see what I'm saying? Like, in the end, it's a $200 million gamble on a great baseball player. Not a good one, a great baseball player. $200 million. The fact that it's the small market twins willing to take that $200 million gamble is the shocking part to me. I know he's been there, and they looked at it and said, we've seen it, we're not worried about it, yada, yada, and he's likely going to pass that physical because it's been reported that he's through that part already in Minnesota, that part of the physical. There's so many big market teams out there. I understand why he wouldn't take that offer from the Mets, and I understand why he wouldn't take that offer from the Giants, two big market teams that really want him, because it's a pride thing at that point. You told me you were going to pay me $350. Now you're trying to get me for $200. No way. I'll go back to Minnesota. Same thing to the Giants. No way. I'll go back to Minnesota. But if a team that never made you an offer – the Cubs, the Red so- the Red Sox. what are they doing? Like there's a lot of big market teams that are still sitting out there, even the Yankees that I'm surprised aren't like 200 million dollars We're the Yankees, 200 million dollars. Let's take the gamble on it. One. Well, if his ankle's bad, so what? It was no. 200 million dollars.
1: And that, that tells me even more that there's teams that well, obviously like, because the front offices, all these guys talk. Yep. So the Mets, the the front offices had to have heard what the Mets and the Giants were concerned about, and they wanted to do their due diligence too. This it just kind of keeps me even like more in that direction of these teams really want to do their due diligence on that ankle, which rightfully so they should if they're going to spend that much money on a guy who in a couple years like that, <laughs> that may become a huge yeah. issue, right? So rightfully so, they should. But then it seems like to, even more to me like the, the Twins – who would have already done that physical last year, would have already known something was up, but were comfortable with it, would have been like, We're not gonna make it he he probably didn't want to go through a third physical process only to get burned again. The twins were like, We're not gonna make you do that again. We're fine with what you got in your ankle. We'll do the rest, the you know, the regular physical, everything else, make sure everything else comes out. But we're good with the ankle. We already know about it. We did it last year, right? Just, so it, it could keep,
0: be a pride. It could be a pride it, it thing. keeps for him.
1: telling me even more that that may be what happened. I'm not reporting anything. I don't want to speculate too no. much, but that's what the feels whole like thing is
0: speculation. It,
1: it just feels like that's what yeah. uh, that because because the twins already know the, the medical history with Carlos Correa having done this last year. It just makes ev- even more sense to me that that's that's a main reason why he would have gone back to Minnesota. For Christian for A.
0: says it. It's because the Twins want to win. Luke over over what team? Like, you don't think the Yankees want to win? The Mets you don't want think, to win. You don't think, well, Steve Cohen wants to win. I, that I realize that I think it's totally a pride thing that he wouldn't take a similar offer from those other two teams because if he's been negotiating with them, I bet you he was getting at least that offer from the Mets. But he'd no. been told otherwise. But you're talking about the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Yankees. What other big market team might want to get in that? Oh, there's, there's plenty of them other than the Twins that still want to win. Like, you can look at the Twins. Line up and say, well, the twins are a better team than the Cubs are. Yeah, but if you put Carlos Correa next to Dansby Swanson, the Cubs are a lot closer than you think they than they look at the moment, right? Yeah. And wouldn't you rather live in Chicago than Minnesota? Come on, guys. Like, let's let's be honest. Like, I love walleye fishing. I love the outdoors. I like Minnesota. Don't get me wrong. Minnesota. I love Minneapolis for a day or two. But if you're comparing Chicago to to Minneapolis-St. Paul, that's like, no. com- that's like comparing the best steak you ever had to like a slider you got at a bar one night. It's not the same thing. You can still have a good slider, yeah. but it isn't the best steak you've ever had at Gibson's or Chicago Cut. My guy, D- uh,
2: Mike Dubs, lives in Minnesota. And, and he's he, a sh- he's he from Chicago. You. He it's can an, tell you. It's a nice place. Probably, <laughs> and I, I know for a fact, because this, he told me this at Murphy's last year when I met up with him, that... Uh, he lives in Minnesota because I think his wife is from there, and she don't want to leave there. Sure. So, But I think if it was up to him, he'd come back here. You get him, a, he'd you get a boat, oh, you yeah.
0: live near a lake. It's Listen, there's stuff to do. Mm-hmm. But to compare Minneapolis, St. Paul to Chicago, yeah, come on.
2: I don't know, man. Like The entire situation is just – obviously, it's wild. we never seen anything like it. I and, and I, ju- I just – again, I just don't want to sit here in the middle of next season and think – what happened?
1: Because like, in, that's in, where I'm at. In my opinion, Cubs fans should be happy they got Swanson and didn't have to go through this. Like, well, man, I don't like, think it's, it's a good. I but I'm saying is, I'm saying is instead of being frustrated over not getting Carlos Square and all this crap, just be happy you got a really, really good player for a, a you know a good contract. Who's going to be a you know, seven years, one hundred seventy-seven million dollars? He's a Gold Glove caliber player, um, and coming off his first All Star, you're hoping a lot of these things happen. And you didn't have to deal with all this crap. You didn't it have to go through out worse. Oh my God! You, it imagine out imagine worse being the Cubs. instead of it being the Giants or the Mets, you're the Cubs, and and you're going through all this, and you keep trying to get back into it and get back into it, and then all of a sudden you're left with nothing because what Danji Swanson probably signed with another team. Imagine yeah, oh that. Yeah, you lost out instead him. of being frustrated at this whole Carlos Correa and the Cubs sitting on their hands or whatever you want to call it. They, they went out and got a really, really good shortstop. Yeah. Well, my like, point that, is, that should be
2: the happy thing. My point is my that he could have played third base.
0: That's, that's my frustration. But, but he doesn't want to play third base. That was the whole thing. He wants but, to play but shortstop. But he was willing to go do it in New York. In New York
1: for, <laughs> for $315 million. So that's, it, that is what, a possibility what if that this he is looked another at thing. and said. The, the twins said, well, let you play shortstop. Like you're you're, you're going to be our everyday yeah, right? Fine. There's Fine. so many different reasons, of, and, and so I can't.
2: I, I'm with I, I understand I that there are a thousand but, different reasons, probably. But I'm, I
1: can't sit well. here and be like, the Cubs didn't. I, I just, I can't, I'm not saying I can't that. pin it all on Jed in the front office for not getting it when there's plenty of other plausible, probably more plausible scenarios for why, you know, Correa ended up in Minnesota. It, that said, it,
0: Ryan. Fair points. If you were running the Cubs and you were a billionaire and you were, or you were Jed Hoyer, if you had $200 million and you could gamble it on Correa's ankle for six years, would you do it?
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, I would have checked in for sure. I, yeah, I, I agreed. I would have checked in. 100% would have checked in. and seen what it would so have So I hope they checked then, in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I look forward to the report of, oh, they tried. Thank you. Well, and, Ryan is uh, worth. Ryan's attempt white. To trade. It, it yeah. could have gone to
0: trade. We'll, we'll make the graphic like the White Sox. Attempted guys did. signing. They could have <laughs> yeah. been Ryan's right. They could have been left with nothing. Or not our guys, so, but NBC. in hindsight, they could have been left with yeah. nothing. The worst case scenario would have been they they agreed to a terms with Correa at like three hundred million dollars, and he went through this yeah. whole thing, and then he they had to let him go because of the the medical, and then everybody else was gone, and. You were left with the same infield you had last Look year.
1: Look where it's at now. The Giants had been. This was supposed to be the.
0: Not that there's anything wrong with that.
1: This was supposed to be the guy that Giants were going to sign to be their, you know, their guy, their their superstar to lead them in the future. Yeah, yeah. their franchise player, and now they don't have. They don't have that. I forgot who else they yeah, signed. Michael Conforto. Off, you know. Conforto. There you go. Yeah, yeah. he's exactly not Carlos. Yeah, no Carlos. I'm, Carl's I'm Curry not enough, saying
2: but. that the Cubs have had the worst offseason no. of, of the entire league, but we can't sit here and say that makes you a little jealous. All I'm saying is, Envious. you can't you can't sit here and say that what you were hoping for happened. I think that I think we're still sitting here wanting more. And no,
0: I, and that's, that's my fair. point. Always I, wanting more.
1: And I I wrote about right? that. Wrote, yeah. wrote about that a little bit at allcsio.com this morning. So if you want to check that out, want to check that out. A little commentary.
0: Uh, Green Ridge Farm is a Chicago Absolutely. local meat and cheese company offering you a better all natural option. Makers of all natural deli meats, sausages. And their famous meat sticks, perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. All-natural meat sticks that are hardwood smoked for eight hours. 16 grams of protein per stick, making each a perfect post-workout snack. If
1: you want a bench 275. If you
0: want a bench 275, you better get on the meat sticks. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, flavors like jalapeno cheddar, spicy chili. If you haven't tried them, you don't know what you're missing. They're delicious because they're made from recipes that are generations in the making and being all-natural, they deliver a fresh, flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, and your Chicagoland grocery stores. And right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, go ahead and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. Those meat sticks are free just by using the code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat.
1: Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? A 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate at a Cubs game? Floor seats at a concert is possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bulls tickets. Bulls are still going on right now, Blackhawks as well. Uh, game Time is created by the fans, for the fans, guarantees the lowest price. If you love CSGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Cody, did you use Game Time when you went to that? Uh, that was the Illinois-Northwestern game?
2: Uh, Yeah, I would have if I actually went. My friend bailed, uh, so I didn't uh, go. Brutal. Uh, brutal. Well,
1: at least you didn't have to watch that yeah I stayed home
2: and had my heart broken in on in on my couch instead of in person,
1: yeah you didn't have to watch
2: it in person like the, yeah.
1: that was, it would have been a waste of money for you yeah, it
2: would have been but it and also been, like Northwestern also charges more when Illinois comes to play there because yeah. they know they're going to take all the money from Illinois fans yeah so it yeah.
1: W- it would have been a waste of money, but it also would have been a cheaper waste it is of wrong, money in my opinion it would have been a waste of money but a cheaper waste of money because of game time. Sure,
2: yeah, no. absolutely. I would have had a great time. I probably would have told a bunch of kids that should be in the Ivy League um, to yeah. to to screw off or whatever. Um, yeah, that's about it.
0: <laughs> Some good comments in the uh, chat today. Mike Dubb sa- says, "Avi Shirts needs to make a shirt that says pending physical. Mike Ross says, If you can bench 275, you are a meat stick. <laughs>
2: Wow, that's my that's, favorite
0: that's, comment of the day to you me. You are. A meat <laughs> stick. Hi. Love it. Ryan Meatstick Herrera. Nice that's to me. meet you. Ryan that's me. Meatstick Herrera. That's, maybe that could be your shirt. Put that you on a shirt. Meatstick? Yeah. Just Meatstick. <laughs> uh, all right. Joe, <laughs> I hope you're watching. So we were, we were talking a lot about the Correa deal to the twins, which pending physical. The second half of the physical assumes it will finally get done, and he'll go there for 200, potentially $270 million if it all plays out. Um, it would have been nice to have him at third and put him in the lineup. Tony Andraki, former uh, co-worker of mine, teammate of mine, is now at Marquee, and he does great work there, and he, he was with Ryan Dempster and Annie Martinez, and they were trying to figure out who's going to bat leadoff, where would you put the lineups, right? We'll do that at some point this offseason. They were Tony had it, the unique idea of suggesting, what about Eric Hosmer as your leadoff guy? He's never batted leadoff in his career. He's not a leadoff guy. But he does have a nice on-base average. Do you like that idea? Do you, I, I would assume he's going to be lower, much lower in the lineup than that. But could you see a scenario where he was that guy? I'll be honest with you. I'm old school, so I never saw a day in my life where I thought, "Hey, why don't they put Kyle Schwarber leadoff?" Or like Anthony that never Rizzo. crossed my mind <laughs> until it happened. I was like, "What?" Or, or same thing when he let R- Joe Madden let Rizzo bat leadoff. I was like, "What?" But Tony, I know for a fact, is also the guy that used to tell me over and over and over how he wanted the Cubs to try Chris Bryant as the leadoff guy. That never really happened. No. What about Eric Hosmer? It happened for, like, a month or two, didn't it? Hosmer's certainly not, like, speedy, which is what you normally think. No. Like, you think of a contact guy, somebody they will get on base, nice on-base average, and can run.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, right now, I don't know who the leadoff hitter for the Cubs should be because the best leadoff hitter the Cubs have, like, that, like the best leadoff hitter the Cubs have is going to be coming off the bench. Like, Nick Madrigal is your prototypical leadoff
0: guy. Yeah. Except the that, and that's who that's who Andy suggested as the DH, which mm. pushed Morel out of the lineup, yeah. and Wisdom to third. I just
2: don't. I mean, no one wants to see Magical playing DH like that's tough. That's tough. Like your DH has to have some pop, man. Like that's just. I mean, it's unconventional if they did it, but I'm just like he's he like he is the guy that could be that leadoff hitter. He. Great contact rate, blah blah blah. But again, like he's got to play himself into that role. Like yeah. if if he's if he's starting opening day somehow some way with like Nico playing third or something, like some crazy shit. Like I don't know. Like there, it would some crazy stuff would absolutely have to happen for Nick Madrigal to be starting for the Cubs opening day. Yeah, and hopefully it's not because of an injury. But like again, great contact rate and doesn't strike out. Or anything, and takes a ball to both fields. Like it, 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 makes sense that he could be that guy. But again, he'll have to play his way into yeah. that role. So, like, as far as like your 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 projected lineup right now, I mean, uh, I don't know. Like maybe like, like if we're gonna stay unconventional, like I feel like Seo wouldn't be a bad try because he's a uh, you know he does know shown, the zone. He he sh-
1: the he's got yeah. some power. Ryan Dempster suggested Nico. Yeah, when I was to say when I look at it right now, like as far as. Guys, you're probably projecting to be the opening day starters. Nico probably is a guy I would lean towards as, as the leadoff hitter. Um, he, had a, he had a relatively high OBP, 327. It's not, like, great. Um, probably a little closer to the league average than you want it to be. But uh, it was good. It was solid. He still hit 281. Uh, the one thing he doesn't do a lot is walk. He had 5.4% walk rate last year, um, which is even below Patrick Wisdom. It, Patrick Wisdom had a 9.9%. So if he's going to be a leadoff hitter, that he needs to ha- improve in that area a lot. He needs to walk a lot more, uh, be- one, because that's just going to raise his on-base percentage. And as we talked about, like OBP is pretty, you know, even though that's a little more of an old-school stat at this point than yeah. a lot of these new Fangraphs esque stats, on-base percentage is still a pretty good indicator of how good of a leadoff hitter you could be. It may not be the best, but it's pretty good still. Um, so if he can raise his on-base percentage solely through walking more, That's huge. And then uh, every other, you know, improvement he's going to be making at the plate, I think he turns 26 in May. So he's still, like, learning the game at the big league level, even though he feels like he's been up forever. So I think the biggest improvement he can make is just walking more. That's easier said than done. But if he can do that, if he can add a few percentage points to that walk rate, you know, in tandem with the rest of the improvements he'll make, I think he could be a really good leadoff hitter. Because he's not – I mean, we had that conversation, will he ever hit 18 home runs in a a season? Right. He – if, he, if he's your leadoff hitter, he never has to. Like, right. If he's a leadoff hitter, and he can just get on base on a really high clip. He never has to hit more than 15 home runs. And would and you we,
0: rather have him increase his on-base percentage because of the walks? Would you rather have him get more walks, or would you rather have him hit five more home runs? Get more would walks. You, would you rather see a little more power out of Nico, or would you like to see him walk a few more times? Well, given the state of the
1: roster, I'd like to see him hit a few more homers, but yeah, that's it's a that's a kind you know, of a tough question, really. I, I think I lean more towards the walks, but go ahead. Both,
2: <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, would be the perfect. The answer. Yeah, both yeah. would
1: be yes. great, yeah. right? Yes, would be <laughs> the answer, hundred uh, percent.
2: I mean, I I don't think we've seen the best of Nico, so like, yeah, I, th- I think he could do that. I he, you know, as far as a conventional guy, you know, with the shift being gone and, you know obviously I'd rather have Saya in the middle for more uh, RBI chances like Nico off just first glance he'd probably of, of projected starters he'd probably be the guy that I would I would want to give that chance to but yeah I mean Tony is like it's interesting about Hosmer because he does have a good on base percentage you just like I don't know like it's
0: He's thinking out of the box on it, right? Yeah, Just yeah, like he would have been like putting Chris Bryant would have been yeah. out of the box. My thing about Hosmer would be generally you're starting to see teams put their best hitter one or two a lot of times because like the, they want that guy to bat as many times as possible yeah. in a game. That guy's not Hosmer for me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I would – if you tell me who do I want to see bat the most times in that lineup, it's Nico.
2: Yeah, was so was that thing. In that wouldn't... way,
0: I would say it's Nico. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody in the chat brought up a great point saying Hosmer is likely a platoon guy. And do you really want your leadoff guy to be a platoon guy? Or do you want your leadoff guy to be the same guy every single day? Now, the Cubs haven't oh, had man. that it, since Dexter Fowler.
1: Yeah, right. They've been looking for that. And that's, been what, been that's when it. I keep, I mean, uh, the one thing about Dexter Fowler is that he was a switch hitter. And allowed him to play every day, regardless of platoon. So maybe Ian Happ. See, yeah. So I've seen someone, say, Ian Happ. Someone yeah. say Ian Happ, and you know, I looked at his numbers. He had a nine percent walk rate, so that was above Nico's, uh, three forty two on base. Um, you know, I, he did really well. You know, a little, you know, heart of the lineup this last year. Um, but I, I guess I do wonder, um, you know, if he's going to get if he's hitting lead off, he's going to be have he's going to have the most at bats uh, in just a regular old game. Um, and he he walks, again, he walks better than what Nico has put up last year. Um, he puts the bat on the ball, doesn't strike out a whole, you know, a ton, or, you know, not as much as, as would probably make you wary of putting him at leadoff. Um, he gets on base. He hits both sides. I mean, he, I guess he sort of fits the mold of, like, what you are looking for in a leadoff hitter. He's not... My, well, my neighbor, one, my number one option. He's not Ricky Henderson. No, no. Uh, he's not even he's not even Dexter Fowler. At, <laughs> no. at, at, as far as what you're looking for in a leadoff hitter, I think. But I can I could see that I can see Ian Happ being that that leadoff hitter. He Here's was the leadoff
2: hitter in 2020 of those like for like I'm pretty sure like that entire like 60 games. I want to say he was for the majority of it, and you know he started off that season really hot. And then really fell off towards the end, but that back then he was such a hot and cold player. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see how he would do in it now, considering he's coming off the most consistent season of his career. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it. He would, he would, he would make a lot of sense in terms of yeah. like the type of player him in, like if you compare him and Dexter Fowler in sixteen, even fifteen. Um, but again, like considering the lack of power on this roster right now, it's like, do you want Ian Happ on your leadoff spot, or do you want to
0: wait till somebody's on base because you got to yeah. have somebody yeah. drive in the guys that are on base?
2: But again, like, who knows? If you Nick if you if you if, oh, <laughs> if you if you let off <laughs> N- Ian Happ, then you're moving Bellinger up in the lineup, and you're moving. Uh, you'll probably have Swanson somewhere in that middle too. Like, and Swanson is something that we're all, obviously he's, you just got to pay a ton of money. He's, he's someone that you probably want somewhere between that three and six spot. And Bellinger is a guy that you just yeah. don't know. Right. Saya, like if you're going to put Ian Hap first, then I, I would like to see Saya either second or third, maybe put Nico back in the middle of that lineup, uh, somewhere between five and seven. And, you know, yeah. maybe that, maybe that would work, but I don't know, man. Like, I bet it's you it's a, I bet tough I, I'm,
0: 99.9% sure it's going to be what we've seen the last couple of years. Lead off by committee. Lineup by committee. I just don't think first of all the Cubs aren't maybe talented enough like depth-wise mm-hmm. to have an everyday lineup like that that's pretty rare and it's also becoming more and more rare in baseball in general. Like it just depends on the matchups, the pitching matchup, all of it to where it's not This guy bats one, this guy bats two, this guy bats three, this guy. That just doesn't happen as much, especially on a team that's not loaded, right? They they have a lot of guys that are platoon guys, uh, can play multiple positions, guys that can float in and out of DH. I think the lineup's going to change a lot except for, like, I think Nico will be at second and Dansby will be at short for the majority of the time. We know Dansby wants to be, too. But other than that, and Suzuki and Wright, I still don't think they'll be hitting necessarily in the same spot all the time. I just think we're going to see a lot of variety again. A dark horse, maybe, like Morrell. Like, if he can, if he can you know, build off
2: last season. Like I just think maybe. he strikes out.
1: At, at, at the, way, the way it ended, he struck out too much to be a, a reliable leadoff hitter. You want a guy that's going to put the ball in play because putting the ball in play gives you more chances to get on base just by sheer yeah. luck and half the time. Um, so I think unless he really improves upon that strikeout rate, he's looking at a lower, probably lower four spots in the order. In my opinion, I think if I'm predicting it right now and what I, what I would do with the lineup right now if I'm David Ross, sitting here on, you know, beginning of January. For still, the
0: first week of the season, who will have the majority of the leadoff spot? I, I'm going to go Nico. I would go Nico.
1: The way I'd construct the lineup, Nico, say uh, – Hap, Dansby is probably my top four.
0: Yeah. Uh, let me look here and see what Ryan... Ryan Dempster had Nico, Dansby, Hap, Suzuki, Bellinger, Wisdom, Hosmer, Barnhart, Morrell at third. I think that bottom four, four or five-ish is right. I'd probably just switch
1: Dansby and Say. I think Say might be a... I mean, I, the thing is I, like with two, three, four, it's like it just kind of really is kind of preference and how... These guys kind of mix in, well mix in with each other. I just think if I'm looking at it myself, and you know, I I don't get paid to be a big league manager, so take my opinion with a grain of salt. I'm I'd go Nico, Saya, Hap, Dansby.
0: That the the Dempster one gives you a lot of lefty, righty, lefty, yeah. righty, which he points out in their piece that you know then a pitcher just can't get settled on seeing the same thing, pitching the same way, just getting locked in on this is righty, 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 righty or whatever. I, I like that part of it. The one that I would pause the most at would be Andy's. I don't love Madrigal leading off if that means Morel's the odd man out more often than not. Like, I'd rather find out. I almost have more faith that Morel's going to be an everyday player than I do Madrigal, to be honest. Oh, with for you. sure.
2: Because he can play third. And, like, Madrigal. He has more versatility. Yeah, play and Madrigal is going to more po- second. And, and way more it. power. Yeah. I know we like to put down Magical because he doesn't have the power. I'm not
0: saying that. I still he, his role, but I just don't think it's gonna, – He's going to hit a I don't home think, run this year. I just year. don't think it's yeah. leadoff in DH. Yeah. I should have put I, that in my
1: prediction. He's going to hit a home run this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to happen. I'm
2: just – if there's any, like <laughs> – He wasn't hurt all last year what would have happened. If there's any hope for Magical, it's just that he has a last season type breakout like Nico did. And I'm not even asking for the same numbers or anything like that, but just like – shows more value than what we've yeah. seen. And Nico did that last year. Well
1: and that, that's what I said maybe like last week or so that for Madrigal at this point, he's the odd man out in that in that middle infield. He's gonna have to like when we talk about the offseason in general, just being really big for him, as far as, you know, doing the right things to get his body right to make sure he can stay healthy for a full season and doing all this different work that he needs to do. But he's gonna have to prove that he's gonna have to play his way and to you know he's going to have to force David Ross to make him to, to play him every day yeah. or figure out a way to get his bat in the lineup more often than not because at this point again he's the odd man out and we don't know exactly what a, what a role for Nick Madrigal will look like for the Cubs in 2023 he's going to have to prove in spring training uh you know going into the season like hey Rossy you're going to have to play me every day if you want to win like i'm hitting insanely well or i'm surprising everyone with my defense whatever it is it's like you got to find a place for me in this lineup because you can't afford to have me on the coming off his, the bench every day.
2: His spring is going to be, like, it's, it's yeah, it's, it, it's like you. my eyes are going to be on him a lot in the spring because, I as much as we sit here and joke about the lack of this and that with him, like he 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 could be I don't want to say X factor, but he could be a big part of any kind of success that the Cubs have if if he really does do what you just said, sure. transform his body and like you know, stays healthy and he has you know? to play
1: his way into it. it. It really is kind of up to him. Like if, if he's not playing well, well then what's, how does that give Ross any real decision making on, and how often he should play? Like, I mean, I was magical appears to be a guy that thrives when he's has more consistency. Like that's that helps him get a better rhythm. And that's really any baseball player. Mm. Like, it's really hard to be a bench bat when you might hit once every couple games. Like that's not yeah. easy. No, if you're hitting three times a game like that, obviously you're going to get in a much better rhythm that way. Um, but at this point, it's like, that's, that appears to be the role that Nick Madrigal has on this team. Whereas if he plays his way, has like an awesome spring training and shows Ross, like I did the right things this off season. I deserve, you know, the playing time that I should get, he ha- it's up. It's up to him to do that. Like it, mm. Ross isn't going to hold his hand through spring training. And be like, okay, like we're going to keep giving you chances, keep giving you chances. Like knowing Rossi, he wants to win every damn game, yeah. and he's going to put the the lineup out there that he believes is going to help him win every damn game. And if that includes Madrigal, because he's played his way into that, Ross is going to figure that out. It just, but it's it is up to Nick Madrigal to do that.
0: Well, I hope you know. I hope he can do it. We'll yeah. see what happens. Um, I know a lot of people are interested in watching him as long as he's on this team, which is another question, what, you know, whether he'd be just yeah, traded.
2: I mean, uh, he is a potential trade guy. Sure, because
0: somebody's always trying to think the change of scenery. He, I just don't feel like he's really had that shot with the coach. No, like, he The injuries on. haven't allowed him to have that shot. Um, Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted out in the best sports gear around. FOCO has you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north side, south side, hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. You can get decked out like tomorrow with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, FOCO. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight the Lake Michigan Breeze this winter. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Make sure you use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. So you asked me about if I went to Illinois Northwestern last
2: week. Yes, I did. I And so... Going in, my my next point is, I was watching Illinois Wisconsin from my couch on Saturday. Illinois won. I didn't have to Whoa. consider throwing myself into Lake Michigan. I-L-L. And what happened? My guy Tom from Shy Town Cornhole tagged me in this beautiful tweet of this yeah, beautiful Tommy. set of Illini. Oh, I saw the cornhole those. set. Yeah, I saw it. It was absolutely like beautiful. Magical. Like, I straight up told him, I was like, "Can we please go tailgate an Illini game next year <laughs> with that set?" That exact set. And he said, yes. You get a little tear coming out the side
1: of your eye. I like thought, I about, it. Sure I thought about it. I thought
2: about because it was just nice to feel something because <laughs> Illinois finally won a basketball game. Um, but anyway, the point is, is Shy town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland in Illinois since 2007. Their signature box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their cornhole boards come with built-in, Drink holders, recessed in on the back, LEDs that light up the hole and exterior. Handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers. Veteran owned and operated. Tom's a great dude, by the way. Good guy. They ship everywhere and offer local pickups, specializing in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts, and gifts for all occasions, especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. Go check out their website, shytowncornhole.com, and make sure to follow them on Instagram at... Shy town Custom Cornhole Sports, uh, and I think it's Shy town Cornhole on Twitter. He always – he's every, he tags me in like every tweet, especially if it has to do with Illinois. So, he's a great dude.
0: Uh, Yeah, I, I said mm-hmm. that the last tailgate we had, I played bags or cornhole, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, against him and uh, one of his buddies, and he was good. Yeah? I'm, I'm bad, admittedly bad, but he was throwing in like a 45-mile-an-hour crosswind, and – you know, that's like trying to kick a field goal at Soldier Field. Not easy. He was good at it. Colada um, says if you put a picture of Ricketts over the, the <laughs> cornhole, he'll never miss. Colada <laughs> also said that the Cubs have <laughs> never had a good team without a good leadoff guy. Yeah. And we know that Dexter was the you-go-we-go, right? Mm-hmm. Who was the guy from the, the Royals that every year – why am I blanking on his name? Every year the Royals had the leadoff guy – He's an all-star, and it was like, oh, the Cubs are going to go get him. This is the year. This Whit, off- Merrifield. Whit-, Whit, Whit Merrifield. Whit Merrifield, that's yeah, who it is. Yeah. Brian Whit Roberts Merrifield. is in there. Too. And, it, like, it was just – Chris Archer. It was nauseating yeah. how often he was allegedly traded to the Cubs. I mean, this might match. be the year. It might right. might happen this yeah, year. Yeah, They'll wait till he <laughs> can't he even still
1: on anymore. the Royals?
2: <sighs> he's still on the Royals. No, right? he's on the Blue Jays
1: yeah, now. Yeah, like, did he didn't get traded, saying, didn't he? But Merrifield might get traded. The Cubs might finally get Brian Roberts this offseason. Like, there's a lot of potential for – For for, Trey, for Chris Archer, (laughs) for second base trades.
0: We only have like six minutes left, but I am curious. Do you think the Cubs need a leadoff guy, like an everyday leadoff guy, to be a really good team? Is that a something that they do still need in this day and age of baseball? And number two, where would you put leadoff in their priority of Hmm. things that they need right now? Like. I, I agree they need a leadoff guy. I think you do want to have a guy that bats leadoff 75, 80% of the time if you can. I think yeah. it helps your lineup consistency. But I'm not sure it's a priority for this team yet no. because there's there's enough issues and holes in the lineup yeah. that I'm not as worried about who's batting leadoff every day.
2: Yeah, I mean, look at. Schwarber was batting lead off every game for the Phillies in that in that run to the World Series and I'm pretty sure he did it all year for them yeah. anyway.
0: Some people hated him as lead off with the Cubs.
2: Yeah. and <laughs> You know how that turned out. Um <laughs> so yeah, I, I I think I think they have to find a way where more often than not their lead off hitter is the same guy. And I understand what you said Luke about how it's kind of, you know, it, the, the lineup is going to be unconventional. Yeah. Unconventional and you it's going to be changed yeah. a little bit thing is I, on the flip side of that the amount of times fans always yelled at Joe Madden for always having the different lineup every day and there was no consistency with it so and 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 that was during winning seasons too yeah, so yeah. I, I don't know like i think for, for maybe for this roster it's not as big of a deal just because you, you just you just don't know but of any of them that i think that have like the best chance to be successful at it, it. I think Nico or Hap or Sayo would be those three guys, in my opinion. It, I it, think those
0: are the first yeah, three. I think those are the first Swanson, three. You See, and I think if you're talking about the next great Cubs team, one of those three would be a likely candidate to still be that guy. That's yeah, why I'd like yeah. to see them try those three if guys. If they didn't
2: get Swanson, then you would, we would have automatically just locked in magical at leadoff, in my opinion. Because that's what he did Like when he was healthy. When, they, when he was healthy and they played him, he was leading off every game
0: and he would have played second base and Nico would have stayed it short
2: right but that didn't happen and like we're happy about that
0: now we're in a different situation
2: but right? now we're in a situation where okay like you're not gonna play magical every day who's the leadoff guy who can who can give you quality at bats work make force pitchers to throw more pitches than they want and you know do more than just get on base but also you know have a little pop have a little you know just be a more than just a pest you know what I mean so those three guys I just said, I think, have the ability. Um, but as we saw, especially during the winning years, like, outside of Rizzo, I mean, like, Brian didn't succeed in, like, the month try that they gave him. Like, he was good for, like, a good week, but then, like, fell off. And then, you know, they had other guys that, you know, Ian Hap also. Like, he went yeah. – as as well as he did do it in 2020, He there was also – other seasons where they tried him at leadoff and he completely flopped in it, you know what I mean. So hitting leadoff, we can sit here and talk about the analytics all you want, but like some guys just do not hit there, right? So like, I hope that if they do give Nico the shot, which right now I'm with you. Like, I, if it's I me, think, I would. Yeah. Like again, I, I would like to see Say tried there, but I understand why Nico makes more sense. So if they did give Nico that shot and he doesn't and he doesn't do well in it, then it's like. Where do you go from there? And also, like, I hope it doesn't mess with his, like,
0: psyche or whatever. You know? I would put Nico as the front runner for yeah. the spot yeah. for all the reasons we've talked about and for the fact that it was Ryan Dempster's suggestion and we know he drinks beers with David Ross. So I'm just <laughs> going to say that that conversation has come up before. Yeah, probably. Hey, hey, who do you think? We'll probably try Nico at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Okay, that seems like something that could go down, right? Was the old style.
1: Hey, it's a good thing. It's another ex- season. of exploring. Is that is that how you call season it? Season
0: of exploring. There you go. I sure not sure. Too much exploring, sure. but some
1: exploring. No, not not as much exploring as it's not. It's no. not the Louisiana Purchase. That's right. But it's <laughs> we don't
0: have to be Christopher Columbus here. Yeah. But, you know, exploring like I want to go to a new city on vacation. <laughs> yeah, right. That's okay. You discovering can do that whole territories not necessary. Hopefully.
2: Yeah, please God, please,
0: just, just win. That's <laughs> just, all I ask. just win. Put that on a shirt. Yeah. Just it. win. <laughs> Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. We're back here on Wednesday, one twenty, with another live podcast right here on YouTube. And if you download it, make sure you you know give us the likes and all those positive like, things subscribe subscribes, comment. comments we like it all and uh we'll see you on wednesday have a great day and fly the w